0: a summary of the siche. the punishment that was brought upon Kairach and the people that uh, were with him there was two different types of punishments one was that they got burnt in the fire by the Ktairis, the other one was that they got swallowed up alive in the earth and since we know that every punishment is in accordance with the sin that it comes to punish for so we have to understand what's the connection between being swallowed and burnt with the machlekes that Kairach was conducting. Another thing we have to understand: the medrash says that Kairuk himself he got both punishments. He was burnt and he was, and then he was swallowed up by the ground. And so that uh, you know the ones that were burnt shouldn't say that he was spared um, because if let's say he had been only uh, swallowed and the people that were burnt would say, ah, he was spared, he didn't get burnt, he was the one that started the whole thing, we got burnt, and he was spared. And if the opposite happened, he was burnt but not swallowed, the people that got swallowed would say the same thing, he started it all, and we got swallowed, but he was spared. So you have to understand, first of all, what do you mean he was spared? Even if he only died one way, he would still not be spared. You might say that your type of death was worse than his, but he certainly wasn't spared, so what did they mean? And also, why is it that he got both punishments? What is it about him that he got both punishments? So, to understand this, we have to understand, first of all, what was exactly, what was Kairah looking for? He said, Every Jew is holy, and Hashem is with it in them, and why do you, the kayan and why do you elevate yourself above them? In other words, he was looking for equality, democracy, everybody is equal everybody can do what everybody else can do, and there's no reason for one person to consider themselves better than anyone else, holier than thou and this he thought would bring absolute and perfect unity amongst all the Jewish people, everybody's the same, but the Torah says that not only did this not bring achtos this was the absolute machleikas, it's such it so defines machleikas that kairach is the one that's known as the person of Machleikas, because we know that it says, that uh, they um, were told, that Kola marzik anyone that conducts a Machleikas, he commits a negative sin, because the Pesach says, you shall not be like Kairach and his people. So we see that the Torah, when it wants to describe Machleikas, points to Kairach. So not only did he not create Achtoz, he became the uh, poster boy for Machleikas. So what was wrong with what he was trying to do that makes him into the Baal Machleikas? So this will be understood from the way Moshe Rabbeinu responded to what uh, Kairach was saying. Kairach was saying that there doesn't need to be Kayanim, everybody can do the job. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, in the morning Hashem will let us know who is right, who is the and who should do the job. So the Rashi explains, based on a Medish that Moshe Rabbeinu said, Hashem created separations and parameters in the world can you mix together day and night, darkness and light the Pasuk says and Hashem separated between the darkness and the light so also Moshe Rabbeinu said to them that he separated between the Eden and the other nations and in the same way he separated between Aaron and and everybody else as it says and that he separated away Aaron to make him, to sanctify him beyond uh, as a Kiddush HaKadoshim. If you can stop and you can bring together day and night, so then you'll, in the same way you'll be able to bring together all the Eden into the level of Aaron. What this means is that the Mishnah says, the Mishnah Pegevah says, Hashem could have created the world with one statement, but He chose to do, uh, create it in ten statements. What is the difference? If He would have created everything in one statement, then everything would be united. It would be one big entity. Everything was created in one statement. It all exists together. But Hashem chose to do it differently. He created ten separate statements. Each statement defines something else, and through this came about that each part, each element of creation has its own uh, its own character its own definition, its own mission, and everything has to remain in its own space, in its own character, in its own definition, in its own parameter, in its own boundary. And they, they, they're not meant to flow into anybody, into the other's boundary. And if one entity tries to encroach on, some, on another entity's space or mission, so that causes chaos not order it causes chaos the order breaks down that's not achtos that causes machloikis, pirud and just like the these separations exist in the creation itself so also in the godly light which animates this world that the the godly light which penetrates which comes in and integrates into the world is also S- uh, divided into separate entities, there is ten spheres. There is different uh, worlds, bri, <inaudible> etc. Each place, each idea has its own godly energy that animates it, that is designed specifically for it. And these separations in the levels of holiness can be seen in all three elements of creation, which are Aylam, shana, which means space, time. And mankind start with space. The gemo- the Mishnah says that Eretz Yisroel is divided into ten levels of kedusha. There is the lo- the country as a whole. Then there is, let's say, I'm, I don't remember all ten, but the uh, the the city of Yerushalayim has an elevated status of holiness. The Harabayis has an elevated status. The Azorah, the Heichal, the Kedusha Gadoshim, different levels of holiness. So we see that there are different types of holiness in space. Talking about holiness. The same thing also in time. We have ordinary weekdays and then there is the holiness which is attached to Yom Tov, and to Shabbos, and to Yom Kippur. Each one higher than the other. Each one has its own um, character and definition of holiness. So also in mankind, in Yidin, there is the Yidna divided into Kayinim, Levim, Yisraelim. Then there is, within the Kayinim, there are also separations between the Kayin Hadid and somebody that was anointed. And then there's all the way up to the Kayin Gadol. And there is the ten uh, categories that the Torah spells out, Racheichem, Shivteichem, all the way down to the woodchoppers and the water carriers. And just like in creation we said before that each thing is meant to do its function, so also within the levels of holiness. Each one is meant to keep to their level of holiness and to do what they are meant to do. But that does not yet define the true meaning of Shalom because what that means is each one has to keep to its place. But what that, that just means that they're not going to interfere with each other. They won't conduct war with each other, but it doesn't mean that they live in peace and harmony with each other. What is true harmony? True harmony means when each one of these elements, who f- keeps to his own space, has its influence on all the other elements, and together they make up one strong, complete, perfect entity. So we find, for instance, that in the Hamikdash, the space, the holiest space, shared of its light to the rest of the world it remained the holiest place but it had to shine out to the rest of the world from there came light to the whole world we know that Shabbos is meant to influence the other six days of the week it brings its holiness and influence to the rest of the week and elevates those uh, days as well and the Kayan Gadol also brought his of His holiness to the ordinary Jews as well. The Kainim gave their blessings to the Jews. So there is influence that has to go from each element, from the higher elements to the lower elements. The same is true, the opposite as well. How was the Beis HaMikdash built? Through the donations of the ordinary people. They brought their donations to the holiness. The same with this. the holiness of time. That Shabbos, it says, anyone that takes the trouble to, to prepare on Friday will have what to eat on Shabbos. It doesn't mean only literally. It also means that the more effort you put into the holiness of the six days of the week, your Shabbos will be on a higher level. In other words, the, the regular days of the week contribute to the holiness of Shabbos as well. In regards to mankind, we say also, in regards to a kayin, you shall sanctify him, which the ordinary meaning of it is that you should choose the kayin first, the bench first, the aliyah first, aliyah, give him the best, and respect him and honor him, but it also means sanctify him. So we see that there is something that a Yisrael can do to bring sanctity to a kayin. So it works in both ways, from top down and from bottom up. So then when you have separate elements which all contribute to the perfection and to the wholeness of the entire entity, that's called true shalom and Achdus. As the Al-Tarebbe says, that even though the body is divided into head and legs and so on, but there are elements in the legs that, that, that the head cannot achieve. For instance, the, if the head wants to go from one place to another, it's going to need the legs so we see that the bottom can influence the top as well and uh, the same is true of space it says Eser Kedushas when can the uh, Kedush HaKadoshim be the holiness, the perfect holiness of the Kedush HaKadoshim only when the other ten, the other nine elements of holiness are there in the way they're meant to be there only then can the tenth one be the perfect tenth level of holiness as well as in Shana, we know that what, what makes up a year, not only Yom Kippur, that's not the year, Yom Kippur is when it's made up of Shinui, of differences, there has to be four um, seasons, there has to be weekdays, and there has to be Shabbos, and Yom Taivim and Yom Kippur as well, but it's not going to be called a year, if it's only uh, the holiest of the holy, everything contributes to make up a Shona, a year. So, in other words, it's separation which contributes to true peace and achdus. But that is only true in the world down here as we know it, as well as in the uh, holiness that permeates the world as well. But in its origins, certainly in the essence of Hashem, over there, there is no separation that can be called to be integrated. Over there, there is only absolute and perfect unity. In fact, we can see elements of that perfect unity even in the world down here and also in Oilam Shana Nefesh. In Aylam in space, we find that the Kedah Shakadashim, the space of the Aaron, the even though it had parameters, it was two and a half Amis long and so on, but it took up no space in the Kedah Gadashim. If you measured from the wall to the Aaron and from the other wall to the Aaron, it was five Amis each, so it made up the full ten amas, so where was the Aran? It didn't measure, even though it did have a measurement. So you have, over there, you see that there was an influence of atzmus, of the essence, which is the only, the only reason that that could happen was because of the influence of the essence of Hashem, that could bring together opposites, space and no space at the same time. So there was an expression of that in the space of the Kedush HaKadoshim in time, Yom Kippur, which is called Ahas Pashana, that one time in the year. It's got that unity. There's nothing like it. Nothing could compare to it in the time in time. And the Nefesh was the Gadol which was one Gadol Nobody could come close to him. That was also absolute unity and so there you find it in man. And therefore when the Gadol the one went into the Kedush HaKadoshim which is the holiest space on that holiest time he was able to bring that kind of influence to the personal soul of every single Jew this explains what our sages tell us that Kairach was very smart what did he, how did he fall into this foolishness how did he get to such foolishness so the question is we don't find anywhere till now that Kairach was so smart this is the first time that we hear that Kairach was so smart how do we know that he was so smart the answer is from this story itself we see that Kairach was very smart but at the same time he did a foolish thing what was so smart about what he did our sages tell us that Ezeu Chacham HaReyes AnOilad what's called a smart person he sees what's beyond what everybody else sees he can see further than everybody else he sees what the future brings he sees what's not obvious what did he see in this case Kairach said, what do we need to have? Division and bring it together. Look in the essence of Hashem. Over there, there is no division. It's all perfect unity. What you're explaining to me, that we need separation between Kayin and Leviim and Yisraelim and so on, that's all in the creation. But let's go beyond that. Let's go into the essence of Hashem. Over there, there is no separation. Absolute unity. All Yidden are exactly the same. And we don't need separation. But the foolishness was that this is not the place that that can happen. That can happen only over there. Or when Mashiach comes, that will happen too. But now as we live in the world, here there has to be the way the Abish to set it out with parameters and separation and that it has to be integrated through the separation. And only that will be called shalom Ba'achtas. And what happens when you violate those separations that Hashem created, for instance if a non kayan goes into the Beis HaMikdash to bring Keteris what happens is that the godly element that is within the Yid which, that comes from the essence of Hashem, that every Yid has that, because it will all disintegrate because the, it's not the place for the Yid to be, this personal uh, Yid that doesn't belong to the Kedish Gadashim, so there becomes a disintegration and what happens is, the higher element, the Nishama, goes upward. The lower element, the Nitzutz, which is the personal Nitzutz of that Yid, which has a specific and defined uh, pr- um, mission, falls downward. So the higher element goes up, the lower element goes down. Similar to what we say about the uh, the Atayu, that when there was a disintegration of Oilam Atayu, the Nitzutz's things fell downwards. And just like this happens to an individual Yid, so also to the Klolos Am Yisrael. If the, this becomes the way that, people, that the Am Yisrael will behave, so that the higher elements of the people will go upward, and the lower elements of the people will fall downward. And that's what we actually see happened. The Yidin, the people that were involved with Qayrach, were punished in two ways. Some of them were burnt. Who were burnt? The 250 people that were considered in the CAA, the leaders. They were the Anshe Shem, the people of note. They were the higher elements of the people, the heads of the Sanhedrin. They got burnt, meaning they rose upward. Their nishamas left, or their, yeah, they went upwards. They separated from this world by being included into the higher elements, into the higher worlds. The, uh, then there was Dosan and Aviram, and the people of their element. Dosan and Aviram were a Shoyim from back when. And so on. So these were the people that were a lower element to begin with. What happened to them? They got swallowed up in the ground. They fell downwards. They were occluded into Sheolah, which means into the Kshimoklivas Atmeyesh they got caught up in at Atmeus and that's why it's called Bilea. They were swallowed up because just like when there's a Nitzitz, a holy Nitzitz that gets caught up in Sholosh at Mayus, it doesn't integrate with the Sholosh Klippus. It gets swallowed up. It's stuck in there. That's what it's called. That's what it means swallowed up. They got swallowed up also so it was a result of the bachlegis that they were conducting that this separation took place that some people were burnt and some people were swallowed up and Kairach because he was the leader of the whole thing that's why he was punished in both ways that his higher elements went upward the lower element of him went downwards and if anybody if one or the other did not happen they would have said well his higher element got burnt but his lower element got spared; it didn't fall into shalos klipasat Meis. Or if the opposite happened, his shoulders his lower elements did swallow up, get swallowed up by shalos klipasat Meis. But his higher elements didn't get burned. They would say, "Well, his higher element got spared." That's what the, the the medrash means: that one or the other would not have would not have helped. He had to be punished in both ways. And this, the Rebbe says, is a lesson for our day and age, it's, all times, but especially in our days, where people try to separ- take away the separation between men, the separations that Hashem instituted into His world, the separation between men and women, they want to say that women should be kosher, you should be able to join a woman to a, a minion, or she should be a witness at a wedding, or that they want to, separate be- they want to take away the separation between the Jewish people and other nations, in many different ways, including gear Kalakha that you should introduce, allow Jews into the fold, even if uh, goyim into the fold, even if they don't do a proper gear. That is taking away the separations, and that does not bring unity. That brings complete chaos, and it brings a breakdown to the or, to the regular order of the world, and it can only lead to machloikis, and not to unity. And it's only through a separation that opposite elements can function together for instance when you want to bring together water and fire you want to boil water over fire you can only do it if you put a pot in between a separation between the two otherwise the water will simply extinguish the fire so in order for different elements of the world to be able to function with each other there has to be the proper separations only when Mashiach comes, then there will be perfect unity and everything will be the same, even though the Jews and the non-Jews will still be separate, but there will exist a unity in the world.